0: been praying for you all this week, been praying for the message that the Lord has laid on my heart. And for those of you that were with us in last year, you know that we have been going through the book of James. We believe it's very important that we teach through the Bible to help uh, help us understand, help us grow, give the spirit material to work with, to build the faith and the fruit of the spirit in our lives. The best way we know how to do that is week in, week out. We are in the word and we've been in the book of James and, uh, and what a great finish to the year we have. And we have so many blessings so many things to give thanks for the missions offering blown us away with your generosity and and today unfortunately we had to meet in here and and so that means you get to feel the tightness and the growing pains with us but that could be a good thing as well it's exciting it's exciting to see what used to be just a handful of people is spilling out of this room and spilling into the community and we are eagerly looking for that next space that the lord has for us where we can spread our elbows a little bit and invite more of our neighbors to come in and to hear the living word with us to have the hope of jesus that's what it's all about as we start this new year we're excited hopefully i hope you're excited it's a new year. It's a blank slate, right? Even if last year wasn't that great, <coughs> guess what? We've got a new year to work with. There's always that that hope and that excitement about the potential. And we set these goals and maybe we set some plans. I'd like to do this. I'd like to walk 10,000 steps a day. I'd like to read through um, five books a month. I would like to make this much money. I would like to rent this kind of house or, or buy this kind of home, or I'd like to get my retirement account this far along. We have these goals. We have these ideas. There's nothing necessarily wrong with them, just the way that I described it. The problem is, is if we leave off any mention of God or any desire to hear from God into our plans and our daily life. Because if that's the case, then what I just listed it, list it off to you is, one of the most godless things that there could be and i didn't list off anything horribly wicked or sinful like a list of vices but what i did is i listed off a life of goals and plans apart from god which by nature and definition is godless and so i want to encourage us this year to have the best possible perspective of 2024 well we approach this clean slate and guess what this is why we also teach through the book of the bible This is not my opinion, or this is what I thought would be a good text for today. It just so happens to be our text that we were going to pick up on after Christmas break. And once you know, the living word of God connects exactly with where we're at. We will be in James 4, verse 13 through 5, verse 6. And I want to encourage us this morning Clock, to steward the gift of 2024 wisely. Let me read this text for us. I invite you to follow along. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go into such and such town, spend a year there, and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. Come now you rich, weep and howl for the miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are rotted, Your garments are moth eaten. Your gold and silver have corroded and their corrosion will be evidence against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure in the last days behold the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You fatted your hearts in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous person. (coughs) He does not resist you. What a sober conclusion to our passage. I think we would do well to consider this This main point from James to steward your time wisely on this earth, right? Did you see that with me? If the Lord wills, that is to be our focus and our thought as we approach every part of our life, a new year, or if it's the end of the year before we want to steward this gift wisely, which means we need to do a couple things. And, and if you don't remember from our uh, series in, um, in James up to this point, in chapter 1, verse 5, we're told that those who need wisdom, which is all of us, we should look to God for that. We need to ask God for wisdom for our days. So, James, from the beginning of his letter, is setting a tone of looking up. Look at, behold our God. That's why we chose that song this morning. Lift up your eyes from the day to day and the mundane and, and the plans of the, Look at God. Look look to him and ask him for wisdom. He tells us in chapter 1, verse 17, that every good and perfect gift comes from him. So a blank slate of a new year is a gift from God. Thank him for that. We're also told that we need to be doers of the word and not hearers only. So this Sunday morning message and worship session, this is not to be the only time during the week where we seek God's face and ask for his help and depend on him. It is to be the day-to-day pattern in the life of a believer and then uh, to finish the recap in chapter 4 verse 10 what he just told his audience these scattered Jews persecuted Jewish believers scattered all over the Mediterranean region he says humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you humility leads to glory Jesus showed us that path so so store the gift of 2024 wisely and when we come to our passage for today he, first of all, tells us, stop presuming to make your own plans. Stop presuming to make your own plans. That's from verses 13 to 14. If everything we have came from above, then who am I to say what I'm going to do with my life tomorrow? It's not my life. It's not, I'm not the one in control, I'm not the creator of it. Now, many of us are familiar with the secular view of atheism or you know, atheism, right? Theism means God and ah means no. So atheism, as we say, atheists do not believe in the existence of God. Agnostics say there's no way that we can know. Atheists say, no, there is no God. And they're very, very confident in that assertion. They also say that we humans are in control of our destiny and, and what happens uh, with our fate or, you know, the, the stars will, will decide it for us, but there's certainly no theistic force driving all of this. Now, when you read this passage, isn't that what first comes to your mind? Oh, maybe he's talking about, maybe he's talking to the atheist here. Those arrogant atheists, they they think they know it all. They don't submit to God. They They need to submit to God and get their life in order. I believe he's actually referring to Christians here who fall into the same pattern of thinking. You could call them practical atheists, as, as several pastors I know, and they've unpacked this this text. One of them means Stephen Davey, a uh, uh, former uh, professor a pastor of mine. And he says this. There's no mention of God anywhere in this conversation. This boasting about what these people are about to do. Today or tomorrow, we'll go here, we'll go there, we'll spend a year here, we'll trade, we'll make a profit. I got my plans laid out. God has no part in my life. So, so, Christian. Do we tend to do this from time to time? We have our, our our smartphones and our calendars and we have our emails and we have you know, our, our meetings with our friends and and our, our organizations that we work for or that we've got several business owners in here. And I just want to make it clear, God is not against good business. He's not against making a profit. He is not even against uh, members of your family who are a little bit type A and, and perhaps more organized than yourself. You know who I'm talking about. There's always, there's always that one person in the family. If it's not a spouse, maybe it's an aunt or someone who, who wants to know what the plan is. That's not a problem. So don't turn to your neighbor and say, see, I told you, stop making plans. Stop trying to make me get a calendar together. That's not the point. That's not the point. God's not against organization. The problem is trying to do it on your own, apart from God doesn't matter if the Lord wills, I will, and thus it will happen. But human aspiration without divine inspiration is foolishness. First of all, it's ignorant, right? It's ignorant. I I, I don't even know what is going on, what could even happen tomorrow. Look at verse 14. James says, what is your life? Just, it's not a put down, but think about it for a second. Do you know what's going to happen tomorrow? No, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't have foreknowledge. We're not in control of anything. There's people sitting in the emergency room right now who didn't plan on being in the emergency room today. Usually that's not how it goes. There's people talking to uh, state patrol on the side of the road in an accident today. Didn't plan on that happening. It's happened to some of us recently. Be careful on those roads. I don't control the future, and I can set appointments, but I don't actually know what's going to happen even tomorrow. It happens every week. We have our men's study. (laughs) We have our small groups. Someone says, I'm coming. And then an hour later, I'm not coming, but something came up, something I can't control. We understand that. No one can think so highly of themselves or should think so highly of themselves that we are the first cause. That as long as we will for something to happen, everything else happens. No, that belongs to only one. God most high. God on the throne. He is the first cause. He's the only self-existent one. He's the sovereign one. He is ultimately in control of all that happens. So it's ignorant to think that I I actually could control that to begin with. But then he also tells us to remember how mortal and fragile your life is. Verse 14. You are a mist. A mist. A mist like a vapor that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. So how, how is that? When you think about your life, the years of your life, all the years of it, life appears and disappears. Things happen. One minute is here. The next it's gone. There's seasons of life, infancy, childhood, adulthood, marriage, seniority, or singleness. We all have different seasons. We all have different gifts. What about health and vitality? Anyone been sick at some point this past year? Didn't, didn't plan on that? Didn't, didn't hope for that, did you? What about aging bodies? We certainly don't plan on that. And we, we want to do everything we can to reverse that. Just look at our world. As much money as we can pour into cosmetics, and relaxing techniques and, and facials. And what can we do to keep our youth as long as we can? Kids, do you know that at one point your parents were your age? Your grandparents at one point were your age. You're like, oh, but they're so old. <laughs> yeah, but see, when adults look back, we don't think we're that old. <laughs> like it was just the other day I was that age life happens quickly it's a vapor it's fragile i mean it is precious god's not downplaying the value of human life but but even something like what you do with your life the accomplishments you get the wealth that you accumulate we even see that in chapter five it's a warning to the rich it's a warning to us all who might even have those tendencies from time to time riches can be eaten by moths those those nice clothes One day they'll wear out. What about your gold and silver? That can corrode as well. Your money can be gone. One business decision, one change of the stock market, poof, life is a vapor. So isn't it quite arrogant of us to say, I know what to do with my life. I know what my future will hold. James says that's that's arrogance, that's boasting. And frankly it's evil it's evil we're trying to build an empire for ourselves a name for ourselves, and we're leaving god out of it he's the one who's actually on the throne over it all so if you're not in support of christ and his kingdom you're trying to build your own is that not the definition of evil is that not what satan and his his demons did and they were kicked out of heaven deservedly so the arrogance, the presumption. And that's a sin we don't often talk about. Presumption. We talk about consumption. Okay, yeah. Alcohol. Uh, immorality. Yeah, we need to absolutely need to stay away from that. Uh, lying. Yeah, we need to stay away from that. But what about presuming that you should do something with your life without asking God permission first? Or asking for him to give you clarity on it? That is also... Arrogant and evil in a similar fashion. And when we do that and we presume what's best for ourselves, how do we tend to treat other people? Now, they're objects who are they're either for me or against me in my kingdom building here. So we tend to treat people very poorly because we are arrogant. And that's what the wicked were doing here. They were taking advantage of the needy in chapter five. He says... God has heard this because the people that you were supposed to pay, you rich people, and you cheated them to save a buck, they cried out, and God has heard that. You might not face accountability for, for that right now, but the Lord hears, and the Lord knows. Now, we, we live in America. Surely this wouldn't happen here. People want to take advantage of, of the laborers or, or skimp on your paycheck and if they did I'm sure you have uh, you have HR or you have a, a corporate office you have somebody that you could complain to or, or you know just do what everyone else does: go to the media go full blast on the media and, and, and ruin the reputation of that company we, we could do that in America right? Well, I know what this cry sounds like, and I, I can, I, not empathize, but I can imagine what the feeling would be like. Um, because one time I was, I was walking the streets of Panama City. We were on a mission trip down there. And it's, it's, it's a different world down there in Panama. It's, it's Americanized, but it's not in other ways. And so we're walking the streets of old Panama City. We're doing our tourist thing. It was our, it was our sightseeing afternoon for the mission team. And as we come around the corner, after buying our t-shirts and our ice cream and everything, we sit down at this, at this you know, plaza that, that rounds out there by the water. And then back there in the streets, go, you go back to the city. And right here on the water, there's this big hotel being renovated or built. It's hard to tell. It was, it was halfway through the process. and It wasn't anywhere near close to being finished. And as we're sitting there enjoying our ice cream, all of a sudden, we're interrupted by these loud shouts. And cries and, and anger and we look over, and this is all in Spanish, and I don't speak Spanish at all. I understand a little bit, but I don't speak it at all. And I'm looking over and I see dozens of fired up angry men wearing you know the construction gear and equipment. They're outside the hotel. There's a fence up. They can't they're not in the hotel, they're outside of it, but they're pushing on the fence, they're angry, they're shouting. And and we're we're like, what is going on? Is this a protest? Is this a riot breaking out? And our missionary friend David said, okay, here's what's going on. Most of those guys are immigrant day laborers coming from other places. A lot of them are out of country, undocumented. And they came in here, work in construction for a season, send money back home. And then you know when the when the busy season is over, they, then they go back home and they see their families. So what happened here is this hotel, the management, whoever, shut off their work to save a buck, and they didn't pay them. They owed them pay and didn't pay them. I can still hear the shouting in my mind to this day. It, it left an impact on me because you can just see the brokenness. What am I going to do about this? Well, what could anyone do about this, you know? Unless you're in government, God hears that sound too. And and you might not be in management, but when you make the plans of your life and you leave God out of it, that also means you're gonna be stepping over people to do it, and every time we do that and we break someone's heart or we divide a family or we use greed and manipulation to get what we want, we are building our own kingdom God sees that and there will be accountability for that one day, especially, especially for those who are not in Christ. There will be judgment. That's why he's saying there will be a, an accounting here. It will eat your flesh like fire. He's alluding to that final judgment day. So here, I don't believe he's speaking specifically to Christians. I think he's speaking to the spirit of this age, the, the, the wicked pride and arrogance of the rich. And if we're not tempted, we can be caught up in that way of thinking. He says, don't be fooled. Your life is not your own. Christ is coming back and he will judge. The wicked and the children will be purified so that if if that's how we lived our life as children of God and and believers, there's a whole lot of our life that's not going to count for anything when we enter eternity. It's a waste because we built it. We built it with our hands. It was our kingdom. It was not Christ. It matters that we obey because Hebrews 9.27 tells us it's appointed for man to die once. And after that comes what? Judgment. There is a judgment day. So as we approach 2024, we also have to remember one day there's not going to be another new year. There'll be a new kingdom. There'll be a king come to earth to reign in righteousness. So how we obey God today really does matter for eternity. But because we're born in sin, you and I, despite our best attempts and and intentions, we're never actually going to fully please God with our time. Because our nature is warped and selfish. We were born in sin. And we can read the Old Testament. We can read the law. Okay, Genesis, Exodus. We get Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Okay, yes, I need to love God with my whole heart and I need to put off these sins. But then I fail. What do I do about that? That's the good news of Jesus Christ. That's why Christ came. Satan tempted Jesus to presume to turn food out of rocks. Jesus said, "No, I came to do my Father's will. I'm not going to test the Father. I'm going to trust the Father. It's not my time. It's the time that my Father has given to me, and He lived a perfect life with that mentality. This all is for the Father. I I live to glorify the Father." I am one with the Father. (laughs) I am God, but I submit to his will. That's how Jesus used his life. And in the same spirit, he gave up his life. And he suffered many things, and he was killed. And on the third day, he rose from the dead. And in none of those things did Jesus do it all for himself. Did it for the Father. So if you're sitting here today and you realize... I have been living like an atheist. I have been living so proud and selfishly. And Lord, I am sorry. What can ever be done about that? The good news is it's already been done. Jesus died to cover the sins and the pride for the fallen human race. He says today is the day of salvation for all who realize I have sinned against God. Today, you can turn from that receive christ and the forgiveness he offers you can be saved and brought into god's family today that's the good news it's been done and in god's perfect timing you're here this morning to hear that message either one because you need to hear that god loves you he has a plan for you and he wants you to be a part of his family and it's going to require humility and to receive jesus gift on the cross or you're here to be reminded of those truths and to live 2024 in light of what Christ has done for you and live in light of eternity. So Christian, is your focus this year going to be on your accomplishments or what Christ has accomplished for you? Is your focus on the movement of the Spirit of God in your life? Or is it set up so that your calendar will determine and measure your success for the year? Do you have any room room in your schedule for divine interruptions? Does God have room to speak? Does God have permission to interrupt your plans and mine? Not that he needs permission. But in order to be walking in the right relationship with him, we need to tell ourselves. We need to tell God. We need to make time in our daily schedule to be in the word and in prayer and and be able to distinguish what is God's will versus what is my will. How do I know the difference? It's going to take a lot of quality time in the word to determine that. And then let me ask Living Hope Church. It answers this question. If the Spirit of God left our church, this is all hypothetically, because if you're in Christ, the Spirit will not leave you, but if the Spirit left our church, what would look different about our day-to-day lives? What would look different about our ministry and our programming? Is it the Spirit of God who moves us along, keeps us tethered in Christ, or is it just our own plans and determination we can build a church. We, we can reach this community and do good. We, we can't do a thing apart from Christ. So, Lord, we admit our ignorance. We admit our arrogance. We will stop presuming to make our own plans. And then secondly and finally, to steward this gift of 2024 wisely, start your planning with God. Start your planning with God. If the Lord wills. That's how that statement should start. Christian we know what the will of God is right we know that it extends beyond just what my spiritual relationship is with him but all of those things that those people mentioned uh, we're gonna go to this location we're gonna spend a year there we're gonna trade we're gonna make a profit God cares about all those things as well God cares about where you live God cares about your relationships God cares about your finances God cares about your joy and your heart and And when we come to a relationship with him by our humble devotion to Christ, and we receive Jesus as Lord of our lives. Now it's no longer what is mine and what belongs to Jesus. All of me belongs to Jesus. How can I now make a profit in an ethical way that will glorify God and that will help the most people? Changes because I'm looking to God first instead of the world. At first, it might seem terrifying to surrender control of every part of your life to Jesus. My money, too? Really? It's like the one thing I don't have a lot of. And Jesus, you want me to surrender that too? Well, did the one who offered up his life on the cross for you show you how much he can be trusted? He will We didn't ask. What if he forgets to feed me? What if he forgets to clothe me? Here's the good news in that, in that verse. If the Lord wills, I will live and do this or that. My friend, God is gracious. If you hear my voice this morning, you're alive, right? Take a breath in with me and let it out. If you just took a breath, it is God's will for you to breathe and to live and to have that life today. It is his will also to take care of your needs today it is his will for you to have all of your best interests in mind to have you fed and clothed and, and warm he is gracious he did not hold back his son ephesians 1 tells us he chose us in love it was out of love that his heart was moved to redeem his people verse uh, ephesians 1:5 tells us it was according to the purpose of his what that next word is will according to the purpose of his will God in his heart to use the human terminology because God doesn't have a body from eternity past but in his heart was moved to love and to rescue the lost he's a gracious God Jesus tells us in Matthew 7 if you know I shouldn't give my kid a snake when they ask for a piece of bread how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him won't he If you ask him to help you this year, will he not? If you ask him to help meet your needs, will he not? If you're here today, God has a purpose for you. If you are in Christ, the spirit of Christ is in you and can powerfully work in you to build Christ up in your life so that it's Christ living in you. It's actually the most freeing thing in the world to surrender your life to Jesus. Because now you're not pretending to be in the driver's seat. You're the one who has to take care of yourself and look out for your needs because no one else will. There's God in heaven who's watching out for you. He has control. So now I just seek first his kingdom and watch how he works all of these things to pass. So how should we live? What's our big rocks this year as we make our calendar, we make our plans? Well, Jesus says, most importantly, we should love God and love others. Do you think that's a big rock that we should have in the center of our life? every day I want to be fully devoted to Jesus and love with him uh, obeying him, living for him I want to love others and I want to I want to help them and serve them in Jesus name. He also tells us the extension of that is make disciples tell people how they can know <coughs> the good news that you have in Christ. It says pass that on to somebody. help somebody else learn what, what, what does the Bible say? What are the books of the Bible? Uh, how do I know if I'm doing God's will or not? Don't keep that to yourself. Go and help someone else follow Jesus the way that you have been helped to follow Jesus. We know that we're supposed to say no to sin. Do you know what God says are the sins that are displeasing to him? Do we know what the armor of God is that we can put on on a daily basis so that we have a chance to say no to sin because we've been armored up in Christ? Sin keeps me from enjoying all that God wants to do in my life. God wants what's best for you this year. He's not a grinch. He's got a great plan. I can't fully tell you what that plan is, but I can tell you what those big rocks are. And as we seek Him and His kingdom, watch everything else fall into place in that jar that is your life. There's so much value in your life. So when you think about it, if the Lord wills, you will do this or that when i'm walking with the lord and i'm trusting him james tells us even a little act of obedience can do a whole lot of good so think about this one conversation can that change somebody's life one conversation one kind deed can that be a difference maker and help someone who maybe had no hope or, or was feeling lost or discouraged. And, and you reached out and showed some kindness because you said, you know what? Jesus has been so kind to me. Let me be kind to you. Give me a difference maker. Maybe you give a, give a $20 bill to someone who's in a, a hurt or time of need. What is, what is 20 bucks? But to make a difference and to help one invitation to church. You don't know what God can do with that. Now, you might think to yourself, because if, if we're in control, we're the planners. Oh, they're not interested. They're probably too busy on Sunday. They don't, I don't ever hear them talk about God. And how do you know what God can do unless you open up your mouth and you invite? An invitation. You see, these things are so little. But when we trust God's plan and we walk in his way, he will do exceedingly above all that we can ask or think. So encouraging. That's so encouraging we've even seen this a little bit in our 2024 you see we did something new this year and this is uh this might not surprise this might not surprise you because our 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 boys are pretty uh athletic and strong right but our boys have started martial arts right just this past week we got them connected at a, at a martial arts place over in utc that being being homeschooled they're allowed at, with the state of Florida to have some some extracurriculars and things so they got their white belts this past week take their first class and and they broke some boards it was pretty awesome I was a, I was a proud papa we took some pictures of that we'll show you guys afterwards also they gave them a pair of nunchucks to take home so pray for us if you would um, it will be, uh, be really interesting to see how that works out but you know in just taking our kids to martial arts and just saying, hey, let's let's get this some exercise. Let's get in our community. Let's um, let's see what, what what happens with this year. It's already led to conversations with people about God. We've gone twice, and I've had two conversations with a staff member about God and about our church and what He's called us to do here. And it was, I mean, I didn't produce it. I didn't. I know you're thinking, Pastor. Every conversation is an opportunity for you. You probably just threw it out there. Regardless, but I'm telling you. They asked me. <laughs> they asked me about our church. They asked me what God's doing in our community. And I got to share. It also opened up the door for someone to tell me, hey, I hear you're a pastor? I know somebody who's really hurting right now. And I can't tell you all the details. You know, it's confidential. But do you have any counseling resources in the area that you could recommend? I just met this person five minutes ago. But they already know... <laughs> I love Jesus and I want to help people and that opened up a door for a conversation where I can share a resource and I don't know what God will do with that but he's a pretty powerful God so I've got good hopes for that. You no know, one little act of obedience. One open conversation. One day where you trust God to do whatever he wants with your life and it will be better than you could ever imagine. So I think it really is to our advantage To stop making our own plans, stop presuming, and start opening your life to God. I think that is what James is telling us here this morning. I think that is what I need to take in my heart. I think what we all need to receive, that Christ is for you. He wants to work through you for the glory of God and for the good of others. If we humble ourselves, he will exalt and lift us up. I invite you to bow your heads and close, um, close your eyes with me or, or be, you know, look at your feet. In other words, we're not, we're not looking around and, and looking at how other people are responding. But I do believe that God has incredible things in store this year. Incredible things. Because we're living, we're breathing, we have the word in front of us as our roadmap, we have Christ as our example. How would he have a steward this new year wisely? I have a couple application points I want us to consider. And in your own heart, you can talk this over with the Lord if this is how he's leading you. First of all, we need to be people of the word this year. God, would you help me to know your word better this year? To read more of your word, to meditate on it, to think of it. Lord, would you help me to love your word, to love your will, and to do it. Women we are starting a study for you called women of the word we want to invite you seriously to consider making the time for that it'll be most it, it, it's going to start the final Monday night in in February we have books for you free books so it's not even going to cost you anything other than maybe you know buying a cup of coffee or something at Panera but would you commit to going through this study and letting God use you men would you commit to coming to men's group Wednesdays at noon and grow deeper in the word with us. God, show us how we can better know your word this year. And secondly, friends, I wanna encourage you, commit to the local church. Commit to the local church. And here's why. Do you believe in your heart that God has called you for such a time as this? Do you believe you're in North Sarasota right now for this reason? Then if he's called me here for a reason and he's called you here for a reason, could it be that we are called to walk this path alongside one another for his glory? That we can better show his light together in worship and fellowship and, and growing as disciples and, and reaching out to the needy. Why don't you take a moment right there and ask God, God, how would you lead me to, to commit to and help support and be a part of a church family for my growth and for theirs. I'll give you a moment to talk to him about that. Jesus sure loves his bride. He loves you. And I believe he's probably made an impact on your life because he used someone to help you along the way. What could we do if we partner together? I'm going to close out our our application time with a prayer. A prayer that we will surrender our 2024 to the loving, gracious hands of Jesus. That he will do with us what he wills. That he will send us out on mission. We will expand, we will grow, we will step up and serve, we will preach the word, we will live the word, we will reach the next generation, we'll serve orphans and widows by the strength of his spirit and the direction of his word. Heavenly Father, help us live in light of eternity. Help us to live for you, fully devoted to Jesus this year. God, I have to confess to you, and, and I also confess verbally on behalf of this group of people. God, we have fallen short. We were born in sin. We, we liked our sin and we lived in our sin. Jesus, thank you for the cross. A gift of forgiveness. And you bought back our soul. I thank you for opening my eyes to that truth. I, I wouldn't have found it without you. So Lord, help me in that same spirit. Help this church in that same spirit to walk humbly with you today. We don't know what is ahead, but you do. Your good and gracious Father. Direct our steps and our path. Help us to be ready to serve and to help. I pray the Living Hope Church would continue to reach and serve people in your name for many years to come. And, and Lord, in due time, would you allow us the gracious gift to plant another gospel preaching church and send out more people, missionaries and, and, and ministry workers for the gospel. Lord, we know as we fully devote ourselves to you and your plan, anything is possible. And so we're claiming that promise this morning. Because to you alone belongs all the glory. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.